Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of Lights, Camera, Sports. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to have a great guest on today. Mark Bladshon from TMGCollegeSports.com uh, joins us today on the podcast. Great guest. Mark, thanks so much for coming on take some time for us. Good to be there, Mike. How are you doing? Great. Nice to hear from you. I was, I've met Mark many times uh, when I was an undergrad at Boston College. He was on the beat uh, for the Boston Globe. Uh, how many years were you at the Globe, Mark? 25 years, uh, you know, and it was, it was, it was a, fun, a fun ride, but, you know, doing a lot of different things. Yeah, no question about it. Let's just go back real quick. I'd like to learn about all the guests here. Did you, you grow up in New Jersey? I, I grew up in New Jersey, went to school in, 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 at the University of Miami, and worked around New Jersey for, for, for about 10 years, then got to the Dallas Morning News. Uh, in 1982, and spent five years there, and then came for the Golden Age. Wow! So let's just let's just backtrack a little bit. Did you grow up? Did you like sports in New Jersey? Play any sports growing yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was you know a marginal high school athlete. I played football and basketball and played baseball. But 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 what I really liked to do, which is amazing, was I liked to write. I mean, I liked to write when I was I knew what I was going to be since I was 15 years old. I knew what I wanted to do, and I mean, I'm, I'm truly blessed because of how many people yeah no question about it how did you decide a kid coming up in new jersey to go to school down in florida the university of miami are you kidding me you know <laughs> it's february the snow's coming down i said okay well what's better than this and i said well let's play miami and that was it i mean it wasn't a hard choice so it was, just, it was as easy as that you love the weather and it's a great school down there too yeah it is a good school, but actually, the, 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 the best the best course I took at, at Miami wasn't in Miami. It was working for the Miami Herald as a clerk, and you know, on my freshman year there. I mean, that was to me one of the toughest jobs I ever had, and it, and it was I learned more in journalism, in, in, you know, in, in, in like six months than I did in like the first ten years I worked in you know in newspapers. It was because it was it was on a job training at a, at a at a really good paper. Uh, and I saw a lot of different things, even though I was just a clerk. And, well, that, that's interesting, Mark. What what was it like as a clerk that you were able to de- detailly learn all that stuff? Uh, because because I well, basically I was my, my job was to answer the phone. Basically, it was like a a glorified operator. I would answer the phone to give out give up you know like high school you know when high school results give in, give it out to the writers. Yeah. Yeah. But you you watched you saw the whole pace of it. I mean, back then it was it was typewriters and. I know typewriters are strange for people today, <laughs> but typewriters and teletypes and, 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 and all sorts of all sorts of things that were happening. Uh, so and you just learned, and it was under deadline pressure. Uh, and and I, I just watched the whole process. I was fascinated by it. And then talk about how you progressed to Dallas from there. Well, I mean, I went back to Jersey, and I spent about 10 years there, and I always wanted to get this to the next level because I was working at suburban papers in New Jersey. I worked at, you know, at, in Morristown and Trenton. And, and a couple other places, and then finally, uh, a friend of mine who's 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 now at the uh, New York Daily News, Gary Myers, uh, covers the NFL from New York Daily News, does a great job. And he was at Dallas at the time, and and and, and he told, you know, and it was an opening then to do college college sports, and and and, and he told the sports editor named Dave Smith, and he says, you know, hire this guy, and and so I got a call, and then oh, next thing I know, and and also that was in a fast lane. Uh, and also, it was during the newspaper war, uh, which is great for, for writers because you got the Dallas Morning News, Dallas Times Herald, were going back and forth. And so, anything you wanted to do, you did. I mean, it was it was just it was like Candyland for, for writers. I mean, 
and he had stomach. You know, it, it was great. It was a great time. And just to, what was the the years that time in Dallas? Just 82 to 87. 82 to 87. So, yeah. and I, okay. And I was right there, and I, I, saw, I saw the SMU program dissolve. I saw, the, I saw, I saw still one of the more amazing things, watching all the, the SWC and all the cheating that was going on. Saw the, the death penalty imposed. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and right up close, and just saw amazing things. You have no idea of, of I mean, my God, in, in Northeast, they have no idea of, of, of the passion for college football and, and the stuff that happened. It, it, was, it was ridiculous. I remember watching that you know, 30 for 30 on ESPN about SMU. That was uh, quite a story. I, I, lived, I lived through it, yeah. I mean, I, I lived through it. I mean, it, 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 was, it was amazing. I mean, and I got a hint because I, I, I followed it, and so I went to the committee to the extreme and practice, uh, in, in Kansas City, and I got to know the, the SWA investigators pretty well during the course of this. So, so they're having a hearing. So I'm sitting in the lobby, and, and, and one of the investigators comes out, and, and you know, to take a, a, a bathroom break. And I look, I, I said, "How's it going in there?" And he kind of looks at me, and he got, because he knew me. He kind of says, "These guys will argue that today, today is Thursday. I mean, they, they argue everything." And the minute he said that, I said, "Man, these guys are dead." Yeah. These guys are so, SMU is so dead. And sure enough, like, you know, you know, about, you know, two or three months later, they have, they have that famous, you know, death penalty statement, you know, I mean, press conference on campus. And it was, you know, it's never happened before. Uh, never happened before. That probably never, I don't think any pro that it happened since because it was such a severe penalty. Very interesting. Very, uh, yeah, in a lot of ways, SMU hasn't recovered almost to this day. Yeah, football-wise, they have they have not. But but uh, but the amazing thing is is, is is there's still there's still some mentality of, of, of they they still think you know they're they're SMU from the old days, yeah. Yeah. and it, it, it's not what what it was. But it, it, I mean, the arrogance uh, it was just it was just amazing to watch. Talk now quickly uh, your transition from Dallas to Boston. How'd you end up at the Boston Globe? Well, yeah, again, it's just sheer luck. I mean, I, I, I always want to get back, and I always loved the, the Globe, and I was, you know, was going, going to the, you know, want, want to get back to the Globe and get back to the Northeast. And, and, and you know, I, I, I would, well, you know, apply for jobs, and then they would say thank you, and I got to know, uh, you know, and I, again, one of my best friends was working at the Globe. And so there was a, there was an opening that came up, and, and actually it was, it was, I thought it was the, um, it was covering the Patriots. I mean, when they were really bad, uh, as a backup writer uh, on the Patriots. I mean, I, I said, okay. So I, I get the call and I go up and I, you know, and I get the job. Uh, and and uh, you know, as, as a backup writer for the for the, for the, for the Patriots. And at the time, Ron Gordis, who was the beat guy for the call at the time, had gotten into something. So they they decided there was so, so much friction going on. They said we're going to pull him off off the. Patriots, and I'm going to cover the NFL, and, and all of a sudden, there I, I'm there two months, and I'm, I'm, the, I'm the beat guy for the, for the Globe covering the Patriots. Wow, and what year was that? Um, 87. 87, okay. So that was some rough Patriot years, the 86 Super Bowl. Oh, it, it, was, it, was, it was horrible years. I mean, they were horrible years. Victor Kayyem and then the sale of the stadium and uh, moving to Connecticut. I mean, it was all sorts of things that were going on. Uh, they, they, were, they, were not a, they were not, you know, not a good team, I mean. I mean, you know, when Victor Tyre was one of the was the owner at one time, you know, it was just, you know, the, the joke was that the best time to take the, a day off for, for the Patriots was Sunday because nothing ever happened on Sunday. <laughs> everything, everything else was like, you know, every day was was just amazing. I mean, it was you just go in there and go, wow. 
happened and that happened. I mean, uh, so but with the bottom of the top organization, I mean, it's not getting close to what it is. Yeah, now. no question about it. And then you transitioned to college sports. Talk about that and your long your long time covering college sports to this day. Well, again, I, I got spent five years in Dallas doing doing you know football, football, and basketball. So that was still my love. I mean, I like the Patriots, and so so I, I did the Patriots for eighty seven, eighty eight, and eighty nine, and again nineteen nineteen ninety the 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 main the main B opened up for to do college football and basketball, and, and I jumped on it. I mean, that that was it. I mean, I was I was hooked, and I mean, I you know. Uh, I, I covered. I covered it. You know, every I covered every Final Four from 1990 to 2012. I I covered every BCS title game. There's only like six of us in the country that did yeah. that before it transitioned. But it, it, it was fun. We went all over. The, and, and again, it was uh, money was falling, so there was and no cutbacks. And so you, 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 I mean, I, I would go to a game of the week every week. I would be at, at Texas OU or Auburn, Alabama, or USC Notre Dame. I mean, it, it was it was fun. What was your favorite Final Four? Your favorite. Uh, the, the favorite final, the, my, my favorite. I mean, I saw some great games, but my 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 favorite moment was was I, I was there for the Duke Kentucky game in Philadelphia for the regionals. I mean, that I mean the Christian Lakers yeah. shot. Yeah. That was my all time favorite game. Uh, the favorite final four. There was I mean I I, I got UConn watching watching UConn win it with Calhoun because I got to know Jim Calhoun really gotcha. well yeah. and watching him win the second the national championships. That was pretty cool. I mean, that was that was that was just because of going, you know, the the, the, the fervor of, of, of you know, of uh, Husky Nation there. It was amazing, and just the just the, 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 the and watching Calhoun. Calhoun was this was worth you know just a trip. That's his mission just to watch it. Yeah, that was 1999 down in St. Pete. Yeah, yeah, that was a gr- excellent fun for us. It, 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 it was. I mean, it absolutely was. And, and it, again, as another little story, because I mean, it, it, it's this. It's the Friday before the semifinals, and and UConn kind of is practicing, and 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 Duke is going to play Duke in a, in, a, in a semifinals, and so Duke did show up. Apparently, Shashevsky had called up the Duke practice because I guess he felt they had tired legs. Yep. And so I just kind of like said, well, that is a sign right there, and boom, sure enough, UConn wins, and then then wins on Monday. Um, so it was it was just you know you could see those little things. I mean that worked. And that's a great segue, Mark, to what I want to talk about, too, with, with UConn and bringing it to the current day. Uh, we just quickly, we'll talk about UConn, we'll talk about Boston College, North, two Northeast schools, uh, D1, that played major football. What What is your take, first of all, of the Randy Edsall hire? Uh, did you think that was a good hire and uh, him coming back to stores? I think it was a good hire. I talked to Randy about it quite a bit, you know, I mean, and, and it was just a matter of uh, – you know, I mean, he wanted to get back into coaching. I was joking because he was at the Lions. You know, and he had a, he had a job title, and, and I and I said to him, I said, "What what exactly do you do?" And he kind of, you know, I don't know what he did with the Lions. He wrote, wrote down films, I think. Uh, but I but I know Randy from his days at UConn the first time, and so we talked about it. I, I think that's a good hire for UConn, but, but but they're in a bad place in terms of you know, getting back to where they want to be. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure if. if if, if if there's a, a, a bright you know a, a bright sunny day at the end of the at the launch for UConn, get into to, to a Power Five conference because they've tried three different times with you know two two different leagues you know and and it, and it hasn't worked and out. What, what, why I was always shocked too from afar watching. They didn't make that initial cut with uh, Pittsburgh and Syracuse. I thought UConn would have been a better selection personally than P- 
Pittsburgh was uh, when those two schools went to the ACC back in 2011. Well, it, 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 it was, but, but the, the, the problem there was that, that that was they got they got roadblocked by BC. BC did one UConn in the ACC, and Gene DeFilippo, the the AD at, B, at BC, flat out said it: "We don't want UConn in the league." And he had enough clout at the time to to, to say it. Basically, like a UN Security Council veto. I mean, it, you know, they they they, they had that. They said, "We what what can we do?" And then Pittsburgh was lobbying pretty hard. Uh, so they they said, "Okay, well we'll go to Pittsburgh rather than Utah." But that was BC had his hands all. Well, why, why do you think Gene didn't want you? For for me, I would think it would be a good rivalry, two schools to play each other. Every well, he, he did, but but BC, BC has always treated Utah like it's like second. I mean, they never felt Utah was on their level, and, and and to put Utah in the ACC would then elevate Utah in football to to equal status with BC, and BC was was. You know, for better or worse, and then it would be worse. Was very, very protective of, of their turf, and felt that another, another that they felt that with every good justification is that there wasn't enough interest in college football in, in New England to have two programs like that succeed, uh, and, and and also the, getting recruits there. So, so they they, they fought it pretty hard. Gotcha. And what do you think now? The rumors, especially the last couple of days, have uh, emerged: UConn possibly to the Big East, all sports except football. How would that logistics work out? Well, and have they talked? Is it tr- any truth to these rumors, Mark? Yeah, you know, I, 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 it's funny. I heard that story a couple of weeks ago, so I did what I, you know, I, I called people at UConn, I called people at the Big East, I called people I knew, and and and, and there was not. They were said maybe, but I couldn't confirm it. So I just sat on and did nothing because I couldn't confirm it. And then I got legs from, from from some other outlets, and, and someone else picked it up, and, and it became you know also that becomes a hot story. You know, it, it goes viral. Uh, and then last night, David Benedict, the, the, the AD at, at UConn, basically denied it. So we're staying in the American um, in, in all sports. So so that was so that kind of killed killed that rumor. I mean, that's the danger of journalism today. You, you, it's always good to be first. I love being first, but you, you better be right. I mean, that 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 should. That's should pretty cool to everyone. I mean, you better be right. So, do you believe Dave Benedict that they ha- there has not been any talks? I, 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 well, I think they explored the possibility. I know they explored the possibility because UConn is in a tough position right now. Is because they 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 got they got I think ten million dollars from the American Athletic Conference uh, last year in, 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 in TV rights, but that was based on on, on the, the exit fee money that the American got from the, the Big East schools that left. So in two years, that that money that figure is projected to, to decline to three million dollars, which which is chump change uh, for, for 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 schools like that. And and, and so UConn says okay. And, and let's let's face it. I mean UConn, East Carolina, UConn, Tulane, UConn, Tulsa is not a, doesn't excite anybody in stores. I mean now if they if they can find a way to get back to the Big East and and all the other sports and, and have UConn, Villanova, UConn, St. John's, UConn, Providence, you know and. They they would they would do that and they're interested in doing that. The problem was, what do you do with football? Because the Big East does have football, so 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 you can play as an independent, which is not going to work. Or you can try and find another conference, or you can ask the Americans to, to go uh, as a football member. Well, the Americans they rejected that idea because it would make no sense for the Americans to let UConn be a football member because what you know you lose the value of basketball. And why 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 would you have you know UConn in? So so that so they had options. So they. they they looked at all the options, and and and, and the, other, the other thing is that the American was going to have a ten million dollar uh, exit fee penalty, which which 
you know, econ is, 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 is I mean, they're not hurting financially, but, but if they're on a tight, tight, uh, tight budget yeah. there. So that was another fact. All those things factored in, and, and so they had their three options, and, and, and the, the, the best option, I, I guess for now, is the status quo, which means they stay in the American and all sports and all things get better in football where they can compete, you know, and, and, uh, you know with Randy, and then that's the that they take it. But I think it's fluid. I, I, if you if, if, if think things are going to change next week, I wouldn't be stunned. I still think there's an interest in getting to the Big East and they, they could find an answer for football. Yeah, that makes sense. And, then, you know, that makes sense. comes full circle with Randy Ansel hire, try to get the program better that way. Uh, let's shift to basketball. What's your take on Kevin Ollie? We obviously won a national championship his first year, and since then it's kind of been a little bit of a downward spiral, a lot of injuries this year uh, with UConn basketball. What's your, your general take on the program, and is Kevin Ollie safe? What's what's the outlook of UConn men's basketball? I, I think he's safe, but, 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 but UConn has got to – He's got to get a, hit a stride and get back to his thing. And, and I'm not quite sure, Kelly. I mean, even a couple of years ago, there was there was hot rumors that Kevin Ollie's heart was back in the NBA, and he and, and the rumor was that he was going to leave to go back to the NBA, where he spent most of his career. Uh, I'm not sure that that still holds true or not. But everything is cyclical in nature. I mean, I, I have no doubt that UConn will be back, you know, as, a, as an elite team because it's, because there's enough issue there. And Kevin Ollie is good, but. I think it, 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 you know the days of UConn being dominant uh, it might be over for the time being, and then and, and, and whether Ken, how long Kevin always stays, uh, I don't know. I mean it's just, I mean I, I don't know. I think he's in danger of, of you know getting fired, but, but I also think that that it, it, it just takes some work to get back to the to the elite status. That they and, you know that elite status that oh it always amazed me. I don't know if it's talked about enough, Mark. Where Jim Calhoun comes into play here. The mid '80s, UConn or Yankee, you know, Big East, Yankee Conference member in the '70s, but they weren't what they are now or what they were in the '90s. That rebuilding program—I remember Jim Beheim said it was one of the greatest rebuilding programs in the history. But how did Jim Calhoun get kids to go to Stores, Connecticut, uh, in the woods out there in Connecticut, and to dominate the way they did for a good 20 years? Well, it's the, it's the, it's the same way Jim Beheim got kids at, at the start to, to go to Syracuse. I mean. They, they 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 were in the Big East, which was the biggest selling point, and they played played in the Dome, which was unique. And so so they would get kids from California and and, and, and Florida and, and and places to play to go to Syracuse in the winter, and it's the same with Calhoun. First of all, if you know some the power of Calhoun's personality is overwhelming, and and, and, and and he was built, and he said you you can you can be a star at stores, you can go to the NBA at stores. And you can be on TV at stores. You can play for a national championship at stores. So if you're you're a kid, so I mean, why not? I mean, kids, kids. I mean, the biggest misnomer is that kids go to school, go to schools because they want to go to school there. No, they go because the coach is there. They go because the facilities are good. They they go because they can be on TV or they can be in the NBA. That's that's the that's the reality of it. And you kind of have all of those things. So why not go to UConn if you got a Hall of Fame coach? You're in a great conference. You, you play on national TV. You play for national championships. And yeah, you can go to the NBA. I mean, why not go to Utah? I mean, it's as good as any place there is. Yeah, that that rebuild. He uh, Jim Calhoun did a heck of a job. That was unbelievable how what he did. I think uh, at UConn, no question about it. All right, Mark, let's let's switch over to the Boston College, the other Northeast school, ACC member. Uh, right now, struggling. Uh, no question about it. Basketball's lost ten in a row. Uh, football. What's your general take on BC athletics? And let's first start with football and then men's basketball. Well, I mean, it, it goes to the whole to the whole ACC thing. I mean, I, I oppose BC going to the ACC. The 
I said that they thought they did, they did it for the wrong reason. I mean, if you did a scorecard, I, I would give, in terms of financial, financially, I mean, you know, it, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, they, they get, as if ACC school, they get $23, $24 million a year. They would say the Big East, that wouldn't have happened. But, but, but competitively, I mean, I, so I, I, would, I would give them an A. But, but competitively, they, they have, in the last 10 years at least, or eight years, they, they've been an F. So the average is a C because they, 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 they have barely competed in football since Matt Ryan left when you were there. Uh, and in basketball, they've got, ever since they fired out Skinner, which is one of the biggest mistakes they made, uh, they, they, they've been horrible. I mean, I mean, I mean my God, dude, I mean, if you look at, you know, the 0-18 last year, they're, they're, they're headed to a 2-34 two, two and, two and in, in, in conference. That, that's not good. I mean, that, that's, 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 and the problem is that BC, which has always had a, a very fragile fan base, sit down from, it's one thing to be good or bad. But the other thing is, when you're really hip out of it, is when you when you become, you know, when apathy comes in, when when you when you're irrelevant, and if you say a program is irrelevant, then you're really in trouble. And right now, the, even for the fans of BC, they're irrelevant. They don't they, they don't show up. No one goes to the games. No one cares about it. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I did a Louisville when Louisville came to town a couple weeks ago. Uh, the uh, Louisville radio station called me up and then they asked you, you know. It, it, there was a buzz about the game, and I started laughing because it was the day before the Super Bowl. Yeah, right? yeah. I said, buzz. I said, you, no one even knows they're playing the game in Boston. I said, no one cares. I said, are you kidding me? I said, no. I said, there's, 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 there's zero interest in, 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 in Boston college basketball. Uh, you know, and, and part of that is, is natural apathy, but part of it is how bad that BC has been. I mean, people just don't show up. They, they're, it's a front-running town. They want to see winners. If you win the game, you know, like, like, Yep, no, no, I remember it well. Let's. Uh, you mentioned Al Skinner. Let's backtrack to that one more time. Just for the record, can you just give our listeners a view, uh, the timeline of what, what happened in March 2010 between him and Gene DiFilippo and why Al Skinner was fired? It, it's still a mystery because here's what happened. I mean, Al was clearly on the hot seat, and, and, and they, they had a losing season, and so they were good. And they won, and I remember, I remember it clearly because they – I think the ACC tournament was in Greensboro, so they, they lost their game. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the, in, 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 in the post game press conference next to Gene D. Floor, but was the AD, and, and and they lost. And so I, so I, I assumed that 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 I was the, I was the season was going to end, and I was going to get fired. Uh, and, and even I expected that. I was, wouldn't have been surprised if if, if you had a season closing meeting and Jesus, we want to go in a different direction because Gene wanted to hire a coach. He he'd been in the AD, but when he Took over. He had them, all the coaches were in place. Tom O'Brien was in place. Al Skinner was in place. So he didn't. So he could. I mean, and ADs always like to hire coaches. That's one of the, the fun things about their job. So, so okay. So they have the meeting, and nothing happens. I mean, they, 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 and so, and so I, Al thinks he's safe. And and, and, and then you know, and then you know, ten days later, he gets fired. I mean, that that's what caused the part of the rift. I mean, it, it, it was like, what, what what happened in ten days? Nothing happened in ten days. That to me is one of the big mysteries of it, and and in, in, in typical Boston College fashion at the time, it, BC doesn't want to have you know they they they, they, they don't like firing people at least where where, where they, they want people to leave on their own accord and so they, so there's no blood in their hands so to speak. So this so I I heard there was something going on so 
Well, at the time, St. John's was open at the time. So Gene DiFilippo is calling St. John's, recommending Al for the job, because Al grew up in New York. So he thinks, he thinks that, if, that if Al leaves D.C. for St. John's, everything will be fine. Al is going to a better job. And so it didn't happen. So all of a sudden, now he's stuck. And so now he's got to fire Al. And, and to this day, BC has not recovered from, from, from BC basketball has not recovered from that move because I mean you can say what you want about Al, you know, and it was a lot of things that are written about. He's, he's, he's good coach. He knows how to build winners. He won the Big East. He won in the ACC, and he's going to win at Kennesaw, and, and you know, and, and you know, the Atlantic Sun eventually. And he's going to be a good coach there. He's a good coach, and he knows how to do things. But, but it was just amazing how that all unfolded. And, and, and I talk to Al all the time now. And, and yeah, I mean, Al was a proud, proud guy. And, and, and the way it was handled, he was not happy with. And, and, and so it, there's still some sting. And that score will never go away. I mean, he'll, 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 he, won't, he won't, you know, he'll forgive, but he will never Yeah, forget. and then we got through the whole Donahue era. And now we are Jim Christian. Your thoughts on the current program now? Do you think it's trending in the right way? Yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's amazing. I, Everyone, I've watched the last, you know, several games closely, and they're playing better. I mean, that backcourt is, is really good, and, and, and they're playing better, but they're still losing games. Everyone says, well, they're so close. Well, maybe they're not close. Maybe, maybe. The problem is they're playing in the killer league that, that get, that's gotten better. And you could, BC could be two games better and still be in 14th place. Uh, so I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know what the solution is for that, because, because even, even if, if, if you, you can say BC gets to 500, Right, which is which would be a major accomplishment for BC. You know what? They're going to be tenth in the ACC. Yeah, no, no. At five hundred, they're going to be tenth. Yeah, no. Uh, so, so what? What's the solution? I don't know. Uh, but I, you know, and then one, and one of the more mind-boggling episodes is they go in zero eighteen last year in basketball, and BC AD Brad Bates gives you Christian a contract extension of a year. I, I was, I was, I, I saw the release and I said. Really? You go 0 and 18, and you have, and you get a year's extension on your contract. Wow, <laughs> this is a nice place. You must be. I what I guess it would just be recruiting uh, to keep stability in mind of well, recruits. That's, 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 that's part of it. I mean, that's that's part of it. But, but you know, yeah. I mean, I, you would think that would that would that would be the reason. So you don't want to have a. But he, when you went close to the lane, but he still had a couple years on his contract. Yeah. And so, so it wasn't like his last year. I mean, I, the end was his last year of his contract. Okay, you know, fine, you know. But I go, wow, that, that, there's, there's a lot of things that happened to BC that, that have amazed me over the years. Well, and really let, are, before I let you go, let's just shift to BC football. Uh, we obviously had Tom O'Brien. He left NC State. Do you think he wanted to leave, or was he that same idea as Skinner? Gene kind of said, okay, uh, it's time for you to go. And back. There was a personality conflict between Tom and Gene. I mean, it was. I mean, it was. It was a conflict. So, and 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 I, mean, and I kind of figured it out is because because when when Tom was being courted by the University of Washington, was one of the schools that was after him and made him an offer. So I remember talking to Gene's office. I, I said, what, "What about Tom? Are you worried about him leaving?" And he kind of goes, "Well, it happens." And, and right there, Brian said, "Man, he doesn't. He doesn't care if he goes, and he has a list of coaches that he wants to hire." I mean, again, it, it's, it's an AD who wants to hire a coach and. So, so that that left. Now, Steve Davazio, um, I think the jury is still out. I mean, everyone's making a big deal that, that, that they won seven games last year and went to a bowl game. Well, they, well, okay. <laughs> they, they, if you saw 
sort of nature of the wins and nature of the losses. Uh, maybe, maybe this seems okay. Maybe it's not. But, but uh, I, I think they have a chance to be better this year. Schedule is over, over, overwhelming. You know, and, and, but it's going to be a slow climb. I think. I think it's, it's going to be a slow climb. Do you do you like the Adazio hire after coming off Spaziani? Do you think the Adazio hire was a good move? And we, like you said, we've seen him trend the right way a little bit, but uh, the competition's been weak. Uh, do you, do you, did you like the Adazio hire overall? No, because I and, I, and he got he, I've never heard of a coach going going four and seven at Temple at Temple and getting hired. That that that's the first thing that bit struck me. And the other thing was was. Adazio's success at Temple was was based on on the, on the players that Al Golden had recruited before him. They went eight and four. You know, the, the, the year his first year there with Al Golden's players. Well, whatever you want to say about Frank Staziani, I mean, Frank Staziani had a pretty good, you know, you know, correct uh, uh, class of recruits. I mean, guys like Keekley and, and and I mean, and there was you know Andre Williams. All those guys were were part of part of the thing. And so the first two years, he goes seven and six with with Spaz's with Spaz's players. Well, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden last year, you know, they, you know, without in the first full year, without his players, they're they're three and nine. Uh, and they were looking at they were looking at at, at, at the similar time, and they had a and they went winners in the ACC, you know. Uh, so there was there was a stretch there where he said, okay, what's going to happen? And, and you saw the nature of the losses where they got out any, anyone of body, Clemson, Florida State, Louisville. I mean, they got outscored like 155 to 20. Yeah, no question about it. Well, then they beat up on yeah, they beat Utah, they beat UMass, uh, they, they they beat a you know they beat a, a bad Wake Forest team to get to to, to get this you know six wins, seven wins, six wins become bowl eligible. Yeah, you know, uh, with. With recruiting too, with BC, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good things going for the school in the city of Boston. You know, a lot of things going on. Uh, so I'm, I was always a little surprised he couldn't bring in the recruit. Obviously, facilities need to prove. But when you compare going to Boston or Winston Salem for in terms of culture, action, where to go to school, I think Boston wins that argument. They, they, they do. I'll give you an example of that. This happened a long time when I was when I was like. Well, I was living in San Francisco, and, and I was talking to the University of San Francisco basketball coach. You know, you know, and I was talking. I was talking about. I said, "What a great place you must you must have to recruit players at USF." And he looks at me. and goes, "Yeah, if, if you're 25 years old, and, 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 and like the city says, but I recruit 18 years old." He says, "San Francisco's lost on these players." And 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 what I, I guess talked about earlier is kids today, the culture of Boston. They don't care. They they care one. Are they, are they going to go to the NCAA tournament? Two, are they going to be on TV? Three, what's the practice facilities like? BC has among the worst facilities in the entire conference. You know, it, 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 the, the practice gym they have to share with the girls' volleyball team. They, 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 there's absolutely, I mean, they, they don't have an indoor indoor practice facility in football. Uh, and, 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 and it's a tough academic school. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, Boston has culture, but, but on 18 year old kids who, who are coming from Jersey or from Ohio, That's a great segue. That brings us to the facilities in the big picture of the BC Athletic Program. What's your take on Brad Bates? What's his uh, – when he was hired, what do you think his future is at BC? I, 
everyone I talk to, and I get no denials, is that this is his last year. I mean, his contract will not be renewed, which means that this will be a state of limbo. Uh, again, when we go through a change, because with the new AD, whether Nadazi goes on the clock next year, uh, whether Jim Christian survives it is what's problematical. I mean, if he does, there'll be one more year he'll be on the clock. So you can have more up people at BC. Really good. And, Mark, before I let you go, thanks so much for joining with us. Uh, great observations, UConn, BC, your career. Uh, just talk about your new venture, TMG, uh, TMGCollegeSports.com, and what people uh, can get from that website. Well, I think it's a great, it's a great way. Two of my other buddies, uh, Christy Frank from the LA Times, has spent 30 years, 25 years at the LA Times, 30 years, and her bill for Chicago sometimes. We, we all took buyouts and stuff like that, and we still wanted to do stuff. And so, so we said, let's 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 keep on doing something, but let's do it differently. Let's let's give a different perspective from, from all the years we have of like like you know, 100 Final Fours, all the championship games. And so we kind of made it like we give you, we give you something different. And, and there's so many websites out there. I mean, we don't want, we're not trying to compete with every other website. We're trying to give you a perspective that we see from from our years of experience. Uh, and, and, the, and the key is obviously we're trying to pay. It's a pay thing. It's 1995 a year, which is you know a year, not not a month, not a week. So we we think, but again, is the mentality is you don't pay for anything. We're trying to we're trying to make it go. We've we've had some success. We got up to a good. We started in July. You know, we we we've, we've done. You know, we've we've had we've had some success. We've broken through a few stories, and we, we get respect. We we all we all cover the the championship game in, in Tampa, where we you know we we we've done stuff and we we've got stories. So it's a, it's, a, it's a good it's a good website to, to read, and, and if you want something that's a little bit different, uh, and, and and basically we, we put our perspective on all of the years we're working into, into the into the into the product. Well, Mark, you know, good luck with that. Thanks so much for joining us. A, a, a joy, really catching up with Northeast Sports, UConn, Boston College, and and your perspective, your, your knowledge is you're very knowledgeable about you know, all your experience with the Boston Globe, especially. Okay, it's exactly. I'm doing it with your with your with your venture, man. That sounds like it's, uh, it's all worked out because I mean it's, it's a different world out there. So, so it, you know, you, you, you have the right ideas. You're, you're trending the right way. It's all worked out. Great, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us on Lights, Camera, Sports.